Welcome to the London Welsh Rugby Club podcast. This is episode 27. This week, I want to give a big shout out to the people who helped me with this podcast, as I really see this as a team effort. Pete Lowe, with his extensive contacts and suggestions for guests. Mark Wilkin-Jones, who usually joins me and Nigel Doe on match days for giving me all the player appearance information. Joe Jones for some of the images we use. And of course, Jonathan Shanklin for doing his magic in promoting the podcast. Former player Dylan P was also there for any podcasting advice, but predominantly when I have a few issues with my editing. And finally, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for all your feedback and reviews. I love hearing how much you are enjoying the series and finding out more about our unique characters we have connected with the club. This week, we have four guests in one interview on the pod for the first time. We hear about the purpose of the hub, what it is, and how they're helping London Welsh achieve our goals on the pitch by excelling off it. I really urge everyone to give this a serious listen and think, how can I help the hub? Or how can I recommend individuals who can assist the hub? This will be the reason why London Welsh will be successful in the future by attracting great players across our senior men and women's squad by helping developing their careers off the pitch. Welcome to the Careers Hub Special. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by London Welsh Developments. London Welsh Developments offer the entire range of services for all your home needs, from plumbing, electricals, joinery, building and maintenance. Their many years of experience building all forms of extensions and conversions, the odd new build, and some bespoke garden rooms and home offices. You will clearly see the attention to detail and an understanding of your home that is difficult to match. They really do care and want the best for your home with no stone left unturned. For more information, contact London Wells Developments on 0208 335 9123 or on email at info at lwdltd.co.uk London Welsh Developments Welcome to the pod Pete Laybourne Hayden Parry Rhys Tudor Davis and Emily Land from the London Welsh Careers Hub Hello everyone Hi there guys Good evening Good evening Right, this is unique for me now. It's going to be quite challenging, but very interesting for our London Welsh listeners. We've got four people on the pod for the very first time simultaneously. So Pete and Hayden are founders of the Career Sub for London Welsh, and Rhys and Emily are player representative of the Career Sub. So without further ado, let's have a bit of background on all of you uh, and how long you've been at the club uh, and what you're doing at the club and why you love London Welsh, I suppose. So we'll go in order of age first. And I'm going to guess this. I'm going to go Hayden Parry, who's our vice chairman of the club. Hayden, thank you. A bit, bit, bit about yourself and, um, and, and your involvement at London Welsh. OK, well, I first came to London Welsh in 1972. I was a, there was a good friend of mine, Dudrick James, who played first-class rugby for uh, for Bridge End actually, and he said, "Hey, I've been asked to go down to London Wells. Do you want to come come along?" So so I went along, and we ended up in the wrong changing room because we were late. And uh, after after training, we walked in, we sat down, and there was JPR, Jeff Evans, all the Lions around us, and it was like, 
oh my god what are we doing here and then somebody in the background says okay boys you can stay there if you want we, we must have looked really really nervous but i remember that evening really talking to lots of people and i thought what a fantastic club i'd love to come back here one day and it took me another 20 odd years to come back actually because i worked abroad and i worked worked in Essex and and then eventually set up my own um, recruitment business in 1992 in Richmond and that's when I started to come down to the club in earnest I think I played a few games for the Ockies because I was getting on a bit then and um, yeah and I've, I've been with the club since then mostly as a supporter I've been chairman of the supporters club uh, when we went uh, you know when the demise of the professional side was invited to join the board which is which is a fantastic experience and and I think over the last few years, it's been the most fulfilling experience, I think, to see the club be, be reborn. And being part of this initiative has been the most fulfilling um, uh, work I've actually done for the club so far. So that's me, really, in a nutshell. Oh, quality. And over to you, Pete. We call you Pete, but it could be Alex's dad as well, couldn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I used to be called Pete Label. Now it is Alex's dad, more often than not. Um, no, I mean, and I, you got the age bit right because Parry's six months older than me. So, um, yeah, I joined the club 18 months ago, and 18 months ago, 18 years ago. Um, <laughs> and it was funny enough, I was, I was coaching cricket at uh, Sunbury Cricket Club when this sort of guy started wandering around the boundary. And he sort of shouted out to me and said, hey, Pete. And I said, what? And, and I recognised him immediately. It was Jawsy. We all recognised Jawsy and it was <laughs> the Jaws. And he was holding a bottle in his hand and was walking up. But he just sat and said, you're a level two coach, aren't you? I said, well, yeah, it's cricket. He said, no, at rugby. And I said, yeah. He said, um, why is your Alex playing for Teddington? And I said, because he's playing with his mates. It's where he wants to play. He said, but he's bloody Welsh, he said. And I said, well, yeah, yeah he's half Welsh. And uh, he said, well, why don't you bring him down to London Welsh? Because I could do some help coaching. So I had a chat with Al's and um, he came down as a 10 year old then. And, um, and that was the start of his story because he went from minis to youth to playing 40 odd times the first 15 now. And, um, and I ended up coaching alongside Paul Brown and people like that, who was the team manager of the age group at the time. And we took that age group up to under 19s. Um, and um, I did three stints at that age group as a coach alongside Paul Besant, who dragged me off the touchline because Alex had taken a sabbatical and gone and joined Isha for a year. Um, and we came back and he said, yeah, get yourself on here, Laybourne, and help the under 19s. So I did. Uh, as a consequence of that, I also got involved. Uh, I did two stints on the board on a marketing role alongside yourself, if you remember, with uh, getting Chestertons and all that involved in the place. And um, and then subsequently, uh, again, as a, in a commercial role, um, until <clears throat> health had its habit of giving me a heart attack. So I decided to step back uh, from both the coaching side of stuff and uh, commitment on the board until that mercurial wizard that is Gwyn Williams came along and sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, I've got a job for you. And I said, who said I need one? He said, well, I've been thinking. And I said, what have you been thinking about? He said, uh, using the, the, the community to help recruit people. I said, well, recruiting who? He said, players. And I said, that's an interesting idea. Um, let's so, talk hold that, so hold that thought there, Pete, because we could answer the career soap and that's exactly yeah, what we're here to talk about. That's great. It's great to get that background. I'm, I'm going to go and age here because, Reese, I think you're moderately older than Emily, or Emily looks very youthful anyway. So, Reese, 
So why are you at London Welsh and what are you getting out of it at the moment? Um, so I actually moved at sort of the perfect time, I actually moved to London to do my master's in 2017, just as we were um, coming back into our sort of second coming and starting up as a, an amateur team again. Well, it was lucky for me, maybe not so much for the club, but um, yeah, it was really the only choice for me uh, coming to play rugby in, in London. Could never think about playing for anyone else, really. Um, bit of background. So my granddad played so a bit back in the 70s. Um, so I thought, you know, a bit for him as much as me, to be honest. <laughs> no, so, yeah. your dad, so your granddad played for the Welsh, yeah? Yeah, he did, yeah, back in the 70s. Um, with um, Actually with, well, if you know Gwyn, um, uh, sorry, Bryn Walters. He played with Bryn Walters' yeah. father as well. Yeah. Both Lampeter guys now. Um, yeah, so I thought I'd follow in his footsteps anyway. No, quality, quality. And Emily, obviously you're a shining light in our women's team as a player, but you're quite involved in, in, in coaching the girls as well. So how come you're at London Welsh and, you know, and uh, how, how come you're enjoying it so much? Um, well, firstly, I just want to add, I must have a very youthful face because I've actually got 10 years on Reese. Um, so that kind of works out well. Um, London Welsh for me, <laughs> London Welsh for me started off because um, it was kind of a one-off event for a non-contact day um, when I just moved to London. And, you know, I don't come from a sporting background or anything, but I knew, I knew I wanted something, I knew I wanted more. And I'd seen this tournament day and I basically just thought, what have I got to lose? Signed up to it and kind of in one sense, the rest is history because from that one day tournament, you know, I was um, into a league and then a couple of years on, as I was um, improving a bit, I just, I just knew I wanted a bit more and I'd got more involved in seeing rugby union and getting to know what the sport is really about. And um, so I decided that's something I wanted to do. I didn't, I knew I didn't have the skill, but I definitely had the will. And um, I, I did try one other team, but it didn't quite work out. And I remember Googling, um, you know, local clubs. And actually, London Welsh was doing an Inner Warrior session at the time. So I rocked up to that. Basically, that was it. I was sold straight away. It was just a really good day, really good fun. And um, yeah, now I'm in my third season with London Welsh. Absolutely loving representing the team. And what I like a lot is um, because I did rock up as a newbie, and I, you know, it has been a bit of a journey and I'm sure I frustrated people many times, but what I like now is how I can show people how I've improved and how I've really earned my place on the team and how I know I can still do more. Um, and I think that also sums up London Welsh as a whole. You've got this whole community of people that just really want to give back. And so kind of meeting people like-minded who just want to get involved, help other people and just be the best person you are, I think really represents what London Welsh is. How lovely to hear that, actually. It really is lovely. And how apt and needing when we talk about the Careers, careers Hub as well, when we're talking about helping and mentoring people and being the best you can be. It's a great segue into talking about, you know, uh, the origins of the Hub. And you started to talk about that a little bit, Peter, um, in your uh, preamble yeah. about yourself. And how to stop you. So in, in, a, in, a, in a succinct manner, Pete, how could we... Um, how did the, heap, <laughs> uh, the Hub origins come about? Um, yeah, my reputation for talking goes ahead of me, but I will uh, very succinctly say, I mean, basically it was all down to Gwyn, uh, in fairness. I mean, it was his idea in many ways. Um, he approached me, as I said, tapping me on the shoulder and said, I've got a job for you and started talking about, you know, the community uh, that is so special within London Welsh and how we can best optimise it. 
And, um, and as a consequence of that, he gave me a paper which actually was written, co-written by Hayden and Tim Bogue, which was a sort of broad thing about what the hub was potentially about. And, um, and he, he gave me a blank, that and a blank piece of paper saying, well, listen, if, you know, just go away and see if you can think about how we could get this thing together. So I had long chats with both Hayden and, and, uh, and Tim, and, and certainly that was the beginning of a working relationship with Hayden, which we've both enjoyed now for over two and a half years, which has been amazing. Um, and trying to figure out what we're going to do. So I basically did a piece of market research, did a survey monkey questionnaire, uh, sent it out to 700 members. I uh, got 50 plus people coming back, signing up to give their experience, time, effort, outlining their ears experience, what they did and what fields they operated in. Um, and then subsequently had long chats with uh, Kai and Pete Lowe in terms of what they were looking for, because it was all part of the five-year plan. The initial word which was used was recruitment as part of a recruitment mechanic, but obviously we had to think about existing players. So we sort of turned it on its head. It was about retention, succession and recruitment of players and looking after not just the first 15, but it was all senior members of the club, both men and women. Um, and as a consequence of that, we did a series of consultation exercises with players, uh, with small groups of players initially, corralled all the mentors into uh, the pagoda room one cold January night and sort of explained to them what we were trying to do to see if they would sign up to it uh, as, a, as an idea. Um, and then again went and represented it both to the men and the women. Um, we got a much more inquisitorial sort of reception from the girls than we got from the fellas. Um, they were much more demanding in their questions than the sort of the, the boys. The argument was they'd just come off a training training night out, but so had the girls. So I didn't quite figure that, but they were they were much more sort of inquisitorial. Um, so it was all a series of consultation exercises. To be fair. Um, and um, Hayden and I sort of started thinking about what we we're going to do. We expanded the group to include the likes of Paul Brown, Kai, obviously, because we needed to have some form of um, player input. And then we had the idea of including player reps. So the first two player reps were, in fact, Dave Gabe and um, uh, Paula Cooper. Um, and this year, both Reese and Emily have taken over their role and um, given us so much more enthusiasm, nothing against the other two, but it was just, uh, it's unbridled enthusiasm. Um, and as a consequence of that, we've started to evolve it organically, simply as picking up, people wanted to talk to Hayden and myself. And the next thing we knew, we probably mentored something in the order of about 50 people in total, of which I guess, and Hayden will correct me if I'm wrong, but about 80 to 90% of them have been done by me and him. Um, either in concert together or individually. Um, and we can talk about the successes later, but the fact of the matter was we had, was keeping momentum was the first thing. Then it was about turning the talk into walking the walk, if you like. So was the phrase became traction to action as we built the ground rules of what we were doing, trying to create a mentoring manual and different means of uh, tasking players to actually think outside the box. And it wasn't just about um, career advice. Uh, it wasn't just about getting jobs. 
it was as much about mentoring and advising people and giving them guidance as to ways in which they can look at CV development, um, interview technique, but also it taking the blinkers off, if you like, in terms of the career opportunities uh, and thinking outside the box in terms of where they want to be and what they want to do. So in that respect, we've covered things from the legal and financial professions right down to people working on building sites. You know, it's not all been sort of white collar stuff. It's been right across a gamut of different industries and opportunities. Um, and we also evolved how we were talking to them. At first, it was just a simple chat. Then we started tasking them to get them away and doing exercises to actually extend their thinking and to challenge their thinking, to identify, if you like, what excited them uh, in terms of career opportunities. And on that, actually, on that point, Pete, right? Because I, I can just hear the uh, excitement and sense of pride already, right? In in, in how yeah. you're talking about the careers hub. I just want to move on just to the, from a player's perspective, right? Because yeah. you know, yeah. because we've got Emily and Reese here, right? And we'll come yeah. on to more about the tools and, and and the mentoring that has happened and the success. But with Emily and Reese, we'll start with you, Emily, right? Because you know, what does the hub provide to the players, and you know, and what what's the benefit do you think they get out of it? And if you start, Emily, and then we'll go on to Reese. Okay, yeah. Um, one thing, Gareth, I think you'll appreciate as a, a referee for London World, she's definitely how inquisitive our women's team can be. <laughs> you know, we definitely have a lot of passion to input, don't we? Um, yes. I think the London World Careers Hub, um, even before I popped out, I thought it was a really impressive um, initiative because, again, um, to, to just slightly repeat myself from before, it's just at the core of what London Welsh is and the community, and it's taking something that everybody needs um, and just giving a little bit of help. Um, so, you know, you've got a bigger pool when it comes to the, the blokes team, um, you know, so there's a lot more opportunity to help, which is amazing. And also you get like a lot of younger people coming through. Um, with regards to the women's team, we have a very established team and we are all of um, a certain age. So not necessarily jumping forward for, for careers advice as such, but I think where it, we can really help is it's just creating that trust um between the hub and you know our success with bringing new recruits in is just going to feed through from that um and then also you have the possibilities of because we are an established team of people that have really strong careers you know mentoring um is just as important as it is um receiving the advice in the first place so there's lots of avenues really that the women's team can be a part of it and there's lots of exciting things for the future um you know, and to talk about the girls team, as you said, you know, I'm a big part of the coaching that's going on there. But we had 20 girls uh, come for a tournament at the weekend. And I know that recently there was a, a meeting with Middlesex Rugby where um, all club coaches got together and there was a bit of a meeting. And it was actually brought up how somebody literally asked, how is London Welsh doing so well? How are you getting so many girls? So that attention is getting out there and that's going to create career paths for them. So even if they don't want to be an England player, um, it could be something about when they hit 16 and they're, uh, or is it 40, when you do your GCSEs, when they're going into college, just somebody to give them a bit of advice, a bit of career path. And even if it's something that just works in that moment, we know we've done something really well. Um, or if it's just something that we've literally been able to put them into that it forges, you know, a 10 year long career. Um, again, it's just being part of that bigger picture and assisting with your community. Emily, you mentioned that you said about an England player. Why would you mention about an England player on our on our oh, podcast? Well, How dare I you? Where I, was, 
Hang on, stop right there for me. I'm only joking. We want people to play rugby if it's for Wales. It's brilliant. If it's for England, well, so be it. Um, as long as they play rugby for London Welsh. Um, so, Reese, and from the men's senior team perspective, you know what? What you know? Um, what do you think the hub provides? You know, um, and you know what the players benefited from it. Sorry, I think to start off, there's there's something for everyone. Even if you're sort of if you think you're fairly happy in your job, uh, you're doing fairly well. You can always have a conversation with someone and just get advice, you know, even at a very high level, just saying like, oh, I'm currently doing this, like, how can I be better in this role, etc. Um, but then obviously on the other end of the spectrum, you know, you've got people who are really unhappy in, in their jobs or maybe just a bit lost. Um, I think especially in London when you've got, you know, thousands of uh, recruiters out there. Uh, no offense to any recruiters on the on the podcast, <laughs> but um, sometimes it's about you know bottom line for them, and they just want to get you into a job as quickly as possible. Whereas, I think what's really good about uh, what we're doing here and what Pete and Hayden have set up is that it's almost like an agnostic view on the whole thing. You know, there's no there's no goal in terms of oh we need to get someone into this role because I'm going to get a commission off it. It's people genuinely want to help you, um, and I think what some young people maybe don't realize a lot is that people of the older generation especially actually just want to sit down and have a chat and talk about you know what you're up to that they, they get as much out of it as as we do i think um as well that's how i felt when i've because I've, I've met a couple of people through it and it, it's been it's been amazing really um and it's good that we're getting more boys uh involved well from my perspective speaking some of uh some of the players they 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 feel the same they absolutely love it I think the key thing, um, you know, from what, what I've heard is you've got people with experience who've been there, seen it, done it, can able you can offer people advice when that there's you know the start of their career career journey or you know, and just somebody outside of work, outside of their day-to-day -day sort of rugby, but so you can give them like an, an independent sounding board without mm -hmm. being sort of telling them or being patronizing, and it's just somebody else, like a, even a role model who can offer that advice because what I want to talk about now really is, is like, um, you know, as player reps, there's a uh, quite a lot of player stories now on the hub website. Do you want to sort of, um, uh, you know, how, how will the players perceive the hub and what are some of the key stories coming out you know, from the players really to their successes? Reese. Um, I think there's been a, there's been a range of sort of successes. So, you know, I know there's, you know, there's stories of, you know, people being seemingly unhappy in their role. Um, reaching out to the hub, having chats, like going through their CV, and then suddenly sort of reevaluating and saying like, actually, I actually think, you know, with a different mindset now, I'll enjoy the role I've already got a bit more. Um, again, on the flip side of that, we've had people coming in sort of completely unhappy in their roles. And within sort of a week or two, they've suddenly become way more confident in the way they come across. Uh, I've not been doing it personally, like the one-on-ones with, with the players but just speaking to Pete and Hayden they said that well not to put words in their mouth but they said that one of the best things about it is like seeing people develop as people as opposed to just um getting into new roles you know the bottom line okay I got a job through it it was more about they changed as people and became more confident and were expressing you know their own CV confidently to people and believing what they were saying no, no, cool. So, so Emily, um, what role do the players' reps have then? You know, in terms of um, with with the players, you know, how, how do you 
what do you talk about to, to, the, to the women's team about being a, a player rep uh, in the careers hub? I think um, my role right now, short term, is just to um, bridge a gap almost. Uh, I just need to be that middleman. So um, to kind of be able to communicate what's happening, um, you know, what, what it's all about. And not just in the sense, yes, because we're all sitting here and we're all saying quite clearly how we feel and that we're quite passionate and we know it's going. But I think it's to um, create a, a relationship, be, um, to create something that it's not it's not just another uh, initiative that's been done. It's something that actually you can be part of in, in whatever way your life fits around that. Um, and I just something I want to pick up on uh, what Reese said. And, you know, this isn't just about the women's team, but... Um, you know, he was saying, you know, you come to London and you might feel a bit lost. And so one thing I'd like to stress is actually when somebody feels lost, you know, it can still be a bit hard to reach out because you think, oh, if, if I don't know, how will I articulate myself? How will I get my ideas across? You know, can somebody really help me if I don't know what's happening? But actually, to, to, again, to stress, that's exactly what Pete and Hayden are here for. Um, so even if you just want to, to walk up and, and come to the Careers Hub and actually say, look, do you know what? I have absolutely no idea. I don't even know what to put forward for myself. And again, even if it just ends up being a nice chat and you go off into a different direction and maybe the Careers Hub um, isn't for long term, it's something that we could have assisted with just through a conversation like the first few minutes. Um, so I, I just I just wanted to stress that for anybody that's listening to kind of add on top of that. But bringing it back to the girls team, I do know a couple of people who have reached out to the hub. Now, it didn't result in um, them necessarily changing their career, but I have heard really positive things, how it really helped them. And like Hayden was saying earlier um, about kind of just helping them with their CV and just giving them a bit more of a clear idea. Um, one of the girls I know is, um, she's, oh, she's amazing at what she does. Um, and she calls it a hobby, but um, I'm always telling her she should be pro. But the point is, it's also understanding like, okay, you're not going to change your career now, but your hobbies and your passions are uh, just as important. So even if um, to have that discussion to, to understand how you can amalgamate the two, um, I think is really important. Um, yeah, I haven't really expressed my job there. I've just kind of said what the careers hub is. But again, it's just about I think just representing that passion for the careers and saying, look, actually, here we are. If you're not sure, if you don't feel you can relate or you can go directly to um, somebody official, let's say, speak to me. I can just be the middleman. I, you know, I might not have the full expertise, but I can point you in the right direction. And then together, let's bring the youth up. Let's bring the new recruits in. Let's get everybody involved. Like a sponsor, really, for the careers of in the team annually. That, that's that, that's that's what the, the, the players rep is, in my opinion. Your sponsor, you know, which, which which is great, right? And you're a voice, you're an ear, you know, that sort of thing. And then that that's really valuable. I just feel also that you know the careers hub has been very very important in the recruitment drive for the senior men's squad. So I'd like Reese to um, speak a bit about that, and then Emily, if, how could that we how can we take that forward then for the women? I mean, you know, as a, as a recruitment tool to bring, to we have a first and second women's team in three or four years' time, wouldn't that be brilliant? But, but Reese, look, you know, <laughs> you know, you know let's, let's talk to you, Reese, about how, how that's helped recruit players this season, potentially. Yeah, I think, well, especially this season, I think a lot of the, the guys who have come in have just been sort of a bit surprised that we have something like this in the club because it's something that you don't really see elsewhere. Um, so the opinion that I've had from them is that you know, that, well, basically, that this the shock that the service is there, and that you know people give up their time to help them out in this way. Um, I, I think if you know 
if we get the word out a bit more and people see this kind of thing from an amateur club, I don't see why it wouldn't be a reason that, well, one of the sole reasons why someone would want to come and play for us. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a plenty of things that draws people um, to come here anyway, but with that on top, I mean, yeah, I think it sort of, it's, it's an easy uh, recruitment tool, I think. It just adds value to what we're doing as a club, doesn't it? You know, we know that playing in front of 700 people is amazing on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, and then, you know, it's if you can help people, mentor them, it's, it's the cream on top. And, and you know, and there's the strap line you use, Hayden, is... Succeed on the field and excel off it. See, I love that. See, I love it. And I have to remember it next time, on I, obviously. But I wanted to bring you in there, Hayden, you yeah. see. That's why I use that, you see. So, yeah. Reese, carry on. Yeah, just just a point on that as well. I think uh, obviously after sort of eight or nine pints on a Saturday over the years, it's sort of been happening unofficially in the bar, where there's been a few, you know, few uh, few deals done probably with a, a bit of recruitment. But it's good that it's a bit more sort of official now. Yeah. So Emily, let's move on to how we can use the the, the quality that we have uh, in the hub. To, to drive recruitment uh, um, for me, because I think that would be such a positive thing for for, for uh, that sort of holds London Welsh um, at a different level compared to some of the other local women's team, I'd say. Um, firstly, I think we're at a point now where I think um, it, the relationship's just going to organically grow. Um, again, to just repeat on, we're having a lot of success when it comes to recruitment, um, both on the women's team and the girls' team. Um, you know, last season we were getting a real, we were having a consistency of 20 to 24 players at training and um, for game days. Um, and I know that's a massive improvement because um, we we won the league a couple of years ago, but um, and that that was just down to the amazing skill of the girls who were already on the team. Um, you know, because they had the passion for London Welsh, but also having all these numbers come through helps them. It takes the pressure off them as well. Um, but essentially it's about mentoring. What we really need is we just need to get, we've, we've got so many amazing mentors. We just need more, you know, there's never, there's never enough. Um, so one thing I think I would just suggest to anybody out there who, um, you know, even if they just got a passion that they know they can share or if they've got a skill or if they're a director of a company, you know, if, if in any way they're in a really positive position, just, you know, re come, come to us, um, offer the, the help um, and just become a mentor. Um, I think, truthfully, it will just naturally grow like that. Um... No, look, I, th I think we're at the embryonic stage of this, even though it's provided so much success, you know, so far, there are lots of people in the London Bosch family and who are captains of industry who are there on Sunday mornings who won't know anything about the hub or how and they'd love to help. They, I know they'd love to help, but we'll, we'll come on to that in a second. I want to go to you, Hayden, now, because obviously other clubs have looked to maybe emulate what we've done on London <laughs> Welsh, but they can obviously never, you know, do it properly like we do but so how are we different um to, to you know to uh, what other clubs do and what makes you know the, the hub yeah so different yeah that that's an excellent question Gary. It's, it's a great one and i want to pick up on something that uh, that emily said you know but the people at the club at this club do things really well and i think the hub fits in with that mold in that as a club we're amateur in status but professional in mindset and if you look at the infrastructure of the club, the coaches at all levels, yeah, what Pete and I were determined to do was bring that level of expertise to the hub and do that in a number of ways. What's different, fundamentally what's different about the hub at London Welsh is the community of London Welsh. 
the hub really connects with the whole gamut of the club. Players, of course, members, supporters, patrons, and of course, sponsors as well. So it connects with everybody. And we have a phenomenal capability there that we can cater for any possible need that's out there. Now that's, that's a massive challenge. And when we sat down, when Pete and I sat down, we, we were determined that we wouldn't give people an easy ride. Field came to us. It wasn't going to be a cozy chat. That we, we, we challenged them constructively and sensitively and empathetically. And I often think actually why I find it so fulfilling. <laughs> if I think back to my career, I spent two years doing something I didn't enjoy doing and it was so frustrated. And then I found something that I absolutely loved. I, which, you know, I'm never gonna stop working because I enjoy it too much. I love building teams. I love recruiting specialists. I love building companies. And I, I absolutely love it. And when I think back to my career, I'd love to start again because I'd be so good. <laughs> all those mistakes that you make, yeah, all those little mistakes that you made, yeah. And part of the, the hub, what we've got, because of this expertise, we can actually, people can leverage on that experience, on that fantastic industry knowledge that we've got across such a spectrum of industries. And um, that's what makes us different, is that capability, I think. And when we sat down, we, we, we thought, well, we need to develop some kind of career self-assessment toolkit, because career is such a subjective exercise. You know, people come to us and say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm good at. And so we had to create something that was catered for a broad spectrum of needs. So on the one end, you've got one, one person saying, oh, I hate my job. I don't know what to do. And on the other side, you've got somebody saying, I love what I do, but I want you to improve my CV. I want to improve my presentation technique, uh, my interview technique. I'd love to connect to... Uh, someone who's very senior in my industry to give me a broader perspective so we can do all those things and when we designed the career uh, self-assessment toolkit that what we did that's what we did we focused on questions such as what are my career drivers where do I want to go how long do I want to, to get there what type of personality am I you know what am I best suited for what do I enjoy so we included a, a basic psychometric test we included a skill self-assessment that says what am I good at and enjoy doing? What am I good at and don't enjoy doing? What am I bad at and enjoy doing? And what am I really bad at, I really don't enjoy doing. And slowly then we can peel away the layers. So we get to the bottom of someone's fundamental motivations. So we can connect those natural talents, things that you're naturally good at. Yeah, they're probably better than anywhere else and relate those talents and skills to a functional discipline and an industry context. And that's what we do. That's what we do par excellence. We really do. And as I said, we can cater for everyone's needs. And within the toolkit, then, will be a list of 15 interview questions. If you can answer those questions, you've got a clarity of thought. You know exactly where you're going. You know exactly how to get there. And you've got the confidence to excel. And the final piece of the toolkit, then, is measuring how do I know it's the right job for me? And I've had a couple of calls from people saying, hey, I've got these two offers. I don't know which one to take. Can you help me just talk to me? Yeah. yeah, and uh, and that takes that takes a good you know, hour and a half, sometimes two hours, but yeah. we get the end result. So the key element we've got there is something that I think is a very powerful tool that we're developing all the time that people can use. And for those people who've gone through the toolkit meticulously from beginning to end, believe me, the results are phenomenal. Yeah. And it's instilling that focus in direction. And more importantly, that confidence that says, and you can see the look on people's faces, they go, Oh, so it's been so good. I know exactly what I want to do now. I know exactly what market is to hit. I know exactly what to say to people. 
was formally and informally, yeah, describing where I want to go, why I want to go there, and why I'm going to be really good at it. So that's the key element of the hub, and that's all packaged up in a very broad-based capability where we can connect to, you know, so many good people now. And the mentors that we've got, and people talk about the mentors, the mentoring side of things in a second, us, oh, our mentors have done a phenomenal job, yeah. really. And, and they've, they've gained, as we've touched on, a sense of personal fulfillment as well. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing is saying, you know, you've got all this experience. Can you share that with me? Yeah. Can you help me think more objectively? Can you help me make sure I don't make the mistakes I could potentially make? So all package all that together, I think we've got something absolutely superb. Yeah. I mean, it's taken, it's taken two and a half years of, of hard work, but uh, look, phenomenally enjoyable work. Look, it's it's obvious, you know, this is not something that's been thought through overnight, <laughs> the way you describe it. It's, it's so, there's so much depth in what we're doing. And, and I think, you know, just describing that career toolkit to somebody, right? No, I'm I'm 49. I think I, I could do with doing that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's like you never too, it's never too old, never too old to, to think of things like that. But look, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And most unless you've been through that process, Alice's are not going to understand right the, the efforts behind the scenes to help people excel off the pitch. So they come to London Welsh and they can relax and you know do the best they can at rugby and achieve on the pitch as well. So that's the career yeah. toolkit. So we're coming to you now, Pete. Look. Just quickly, yeah, I mean, I think a key part of the hub for me as well is I want every player who comes to Lena Welsh to have the experience of their life, yeah, yeah, to play the most fantastic rugby, to work with some great coaches, great staff, to, to be part of, our, be part of our, our community and grow and develop. I think that's fundamentally key. So I'm, I've been fortunate to speak to a couple of former professional players, actually, who play for us who contacted me because they wanted some help on careers. And they all said, without exception, I love London Welsh. I love my time at London Welsh. Yeah. And I think, as you guys are board member as well, that's what we want. I want every player to, to, to say, that time at London Welsh was the greatest time I ever had, both on the field and off the field. And just picking up on that, I mean, one of the things which is very important from Kai's perspective, because all, he was very much, he has been and we maintains very in, in, inclusive involvement in this whole thing right across the club. I mean, he considers the hub team as part of his coaching team because he sees it as a very important part of what he's doing. Because if he's got happy people who are happy off the park, it means that they're going to be performing much better on it. And, you know, that whole thing of the sort of, cohesiveness of on-field, off-field, succession on uh, and excelling off is, is no sort of idle claim because it's, it is basically a mindset. And as everybody said, and both, uh, both Hayden and Reese have said regarding confidence, we've seen people grow over a, a relatively short period of time in the confidence in, in their inner self and their self-belief. Yeah just by the process that we've gone through. And down to the isometric test. I mean, Hayden and I actually both did it. And when he saw Pete, my Pete, results, Pete, when he saw my results, he was frightened. I mean... Pete, uh, Pete, Pete, Pete like you said isometric test. test. It's psychometric test. <laughs> I'm just with it. You've been on the isotonic. <laughs> I've been on the isotonic. But on the psych we did the psychometric <laughs> testing ourselves. And, um, you know... It's very anyway, accurate, doesn't it, Pete? It well, it frightened you, my result, but that's beside the point. 
Rottweiler Labon. Yeah. yeah, Rottweiler. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, is a is a difference then between uh, mentoring and offering career advice? So we'll, as you're talking, yeah. please, we'll go, to go to you first. No, I think the, the, the mentors are very important. I mean, they they they, they re, we really need to invest in it. I mean, so far, we've done it on a sort of Keith Robinson thing, really. To be honest, where. A lot of the work has been done by Hayden myself, together with the likes of Steve Mullen, Richard Edwards, um, and uh, Di Williams, who's part of the team, um, and a few others who've uh, Paul, Paul Brown, uh, etc., um, who we've got involved. But we've done it in a slowly, slowly sort of approach because, like anything in life, you're as good as your last presentation. You're as good as the last mentoring experience people have had. And we were a little bit sort of put it in cotton wool to start off with because we were not so much frightened, but concerned to make sure there was a consistency in mentoring. Mm. There was a consistency that when people are effectively representing both the club and the hub, uh, uh, it's not in that order to a certain extent. Um, they are, they, they, we need to ensure that the level of advice they're giving is empathetic is it considered that they listen uh, and that's a that's a skill in itself um, being able to sort of un disseminate what people think and feel and it, it, it is not something that people necessarily gravitate to easily uh, it is something which you know you may be a captain of industry but sometimes the corporals are a lot more expressive uh, than the captains um, and it's therefore making sure we have a breadth of experience. And Reese alluded to it. I mean, some of the senior players are now giving mentoring advice because, you know, they're much closer to the age group than Hayden and I, uh, by a significant yardage. And, you know, they can relate to some of those problems that they have a lot more than we can. And, you know, so that is part and parcel of how we want to increase the mentoring side. I mean, people like Sam uh, Cannings-Bertels has been instrumental in helping us do that on the estate agency side. Obviously, Dan Killick, who's a sponsor, you all know, uh, is, is actively involved with Chestertons and is actively mentoring. Um, and, you know, we need to ensure that we have a breadth of the right level advice, of advice. Now, we've been very lucky because we've been able to also pull on people that both Hayden and I know, I, so Hayden and I know outside the club, and recently included companies like McKinsey, and they've included companies like um, Price Waterhouse and uh, a brand consultancy, one of the best ones in the country called One HQ, um, which you know we've been able to use our contacts to get them to come involved in helping us sort out individual player. Uh, initiatives, concerns, aspirations, etc. Um, and what's interesting, is what, what is, is a powerful thing, is that London Welsh has a is a magnet to people beyond the club. To a certain extent, when you actually mention London Welsh as a as a community, um, it's not that people don't know what we are. They know that you know the, those who love rugby know know its history, uh, and they want to be involved. And they also see. Um, the power of what we're trying to do uh, and also are surprised at the extent to which we've evolved that initiative. Now, we have to use the community we've got. It's the most amazing community. You know, we've all travelled rugby clubs as coaches, as, as spectators, 
and we've visited a whole variety of rugby clubs in our time. There is nothing quite like, in my experience, London Welsh. And I'm an Englishman. I mean, I'm not Welsh. Um, I have certain North Walian sort of antecedents, which you might understand, but that, uh, uh, Gareth, but um, yeah, it's pressed that in. It's Liverpool by the sea. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is, um, it is really about this community that we have. And the whole thing, and you know, people talk about Welshness, and I'm talking about Welshness as an Englishman. There is a family feel, and we hashtag London Welsh family, it's real. It's very real. And I think the point of the matter is that within that family perspective, you alluded to a minute ago, there are captains of industry. There are people who have skills and expertise, as Emily suggested, and we need to sort of tap into them. We also need to sort of have female mentors. Uh, you know, we, it's, not, it, it's not a male preserve. And if we want to sort of extend our footprint across the club, you know, whether that it's in the, whatever profession, whether it be teaching, whether it be accountancy, whether it be in law, whatever, there are people across the field who actually can give that, that experience. And certainly, you know, from the, the, the women's section, you know, uh, I'm sure they would rather uh, talk to some a woman than some elderly 60-year-old bloke. Like look, look, let's hold you there. I, I think they prefer to talk to the right person, irrespective of gender, right? But it, that, yeah. that doesn't matter. You're right. We need to have more. Well, no, well, I'm just saying, it needs to be more inclusive is what I'm yes. actually saying. 100%. But you also mentioned something on Chesterton's there. And I'm going to Hayden because you've got a bit of a success story there because Chesterton's been a sponsor of ours or a partner <laughs> for five years. And you've mentioned Daniel being a, um, a mentor uh, in the London Welsh Careers Hub. But we've, we've, that's gone, that relationship has gone further now with an actual placement. Do you want to take us through that, Hayden? Yeah, very much so. It was, a, it was something that, that, that uh, I suppose came about. So when I spoke to Dan, I asked him, are you recruiting? And, um, and I, I, I mentioned, you know, Jack Burnett. And I said, Peter and I have met him on a, on a few occasions. Now, we met Jack before he joined the club, actually. Yeah. And he reached out to us. And, you know, we spent a lot of time with him and we both recognised that Jack's had so much potential. And he was with, with one property company and they, they made him redundant. And I just talked to him, talked Dan through the process that we'd gone through with Jack and why I would recommend him highly without hesitation if he did a vacancy. And Dan said, oh, can I have a chat with him? And had a chat with him and did a few interviews and Bob's your uncle. Jack joined, which is which is perfect, really. Even though the the hub doesn't exist to find people's jobs, that's not his primary objective. But as the corollary of what of what we do, and as the hub grows in capability, and we get connected to more and more companies, I think I think those opportunities will materialise more often. No, that's great. That's great to hear. But just I suppose we alluded to the success of the hub um, earlier on in our conversation, and you've you've mentored over fifty players. So how do you measure success of, of those conversations, Hayden? It's a, uh, that's sorry. a really good question. Sorry? Oh, sorry, I was going to interrupt you, but I didn't. I'll shut up. Um, <laughs> I, th I think you, you've got to measure it by what constructive feedback you yeah. get. You know, and, I, and it, it's so interesting that when we did, um, early in the wrong, we talked to lots of players that we'd spoken to. I, I was trying to find out exactly what they got from the hub. What was it? What was, what was the one takeaway? What was the one tangible? And what I didn't realize at the time was that the key outcome was, you just gave me so much confidence. Mm. 
the hub gave me so much confidence, which I didn't have. You made me realize my true worth, if you like, and that, yes, I can, I can aim for this particular target. I can aim for this particular moonshot. I know I can get there, yeah? And if you look at the processes that we go through in challenging people's thought processes, challenging what direction they're doing very constructively, advising them and then say pack, packaging that up into, uh, I suppose really a, uh, a conclusion that says, this is a particular route that's probably the best route for you at this point in time in your career. You know, let's qualify that in some detail. And then seeing that confidence just materialize is, is, is probably the most, most measurable statistic, if, if it is measurable, even though it's, it's intangible, but it's there. But it's got to be based on that, on that positive feedback. Pete, what I was going to add is that there's no there's there's no sort of prescriptive answer to anything that anybody comes to see us about. And there's also importantly to both the players listening, but also for mentors, there's no you know no question or no concern is too small. I mean, we we will talk to anybody about anything. It does, and it's not as if that we don't want people to have a barrier about coming to the hub because they think we're just going to talk about career. It could be about anything relating to any element of where they're working at the moment and, and anything that they're currently experiencing, because we have experience within the people that we have on board who can actually help. And and also, you know, the fact that both Hayden and I are, are maybe long in the tooth, but, you know, I was chief executive of an international company, so I've dealt with staff all my life in terms of that perspective of how people work and the working environment. And it's, you know, it is a case of, you know, no problems too small. We will happily talk to anything, anybody about any issue. And also, you know, we, we want to sort of embrace from a mentor's point of view, anybody who wants to help us along this process, then, you know, please come and chat to Hayden and myself because we, 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 we would gladly accept you into the fold uh, because, some of the people we recently involved who've been involved with have added significant value to some of the cases we've had. Steve Mullen comes to mind, Richard Edwards comes to mind in terms of recent sort of advocates, along with Di Williams, recent vice president of the club, uh, newly appointed, uh, who's actively involved. He's a rugby man, but he, he also was a director of RBS. So, he, you know, he's the people with experiences that are beyond our capability. Um, which is welcome. Sorry, Hayden, you're going to carry on. No, I, I think, no, no, I, I just, just want to add, really, I think that the key point to add here is that anybody can, can speak to us in confidence. Yes. And Pete and I, at the very beginning, were very conscious of that. That if you talk to us, you're talking to us alone. We will never divulge anything, but we won't talk to anybody else about, yeah. about you or your career. We will just, that will remain, all our conversations will remain confidential with either Pete or myself or both of us. So I think that's important too. It's the old rugby mentor, what goes on tour stays on tour. But in this instance, what, what you want to talk about from a career point of view or a personal thing stays with us and isn't repeated elsewhere. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. So I'm going to move on to, sort of, um, to, to reach into Emily now as we to try, try and wrap up. You know, so how do you see sort of the hub moving on? What, what do you want to see? How, how do you want to see the hub evolve over the next couple of years? We'll go to you, Emily, first. Well, I think I have too many ideas that Paul, Pete and Hayden have had to, um, <laughs> had to um, I think there's lots of exciting things that can happen. And some of it is even just on a communication level. It's not even like on the full shebang of like, let's get really deep into conversations. Um, 
you know, uh, I think I threw out somewhere, um, which, you know, wasn't an original idea because Pete and Hayden already had it, but it'd be really good to see uh, workshops or, or um, roadshows. And I know roadshows are something that Hayden and Pete are working on, but, you know, even just like um, game days, if there's like a little store, just with like some bits and pieces. So actually, if you don't want to go on for, go over for a full conversation, you can just kind of meander by, maybe have like a little quick two minute chat, just to kind of, I think it's creating a trust between everybody. So not just taking it as like, oh, unless you're feeling really serious or unless you want to get into deep conversation, it's actually just creating a rapport where it just feels natural to chat to us. Um, That's a good point. And I think that one of the biggest things is that because they, a lot of respect for Pete and Hayden, and I think they, what they've done is really impressive and really amazing. But that that structure is there now. That that solid foundation is set up. So now actually, it's time to kind of take a, so you know, sit back a little bit and say, do you know what? Let's just enjoy what we've created here. Let's get people coming in. Let them feel kind of the, the same joy that they feel for what they've done and what we feel because we we've seen what they've done. Um, you know, and just kind of take take it from there. And anything, there's no bad ideas. And it's it's just getting involved in everything and anything and taking every single opportunity that comes our way. That's great, Ray. You, you think about, you know, yesterday, you had two 17-year-olds and one 18-year-old playing for London Welsh Women. So you think they'd have no idea of the hub. And they know, how can we help that issue? But I know I've spoken to Hayden and Pete about our youth. How, how do you build that connection so deep at under 16 and 17 they probably don't want to hear this sort of stuff, but then they want to come back after university and play for their club because of yep. because it's another thing that the club does and no other club does is the hub. And they come back and have a chat with some mentors and to give them that sort of confidence. But look, look, Reese, I don't want to take steal your thunder. How do you want to see it evolve? Um, I think simply, I'd like every single player to engage with it in some way, whether that's, um, obviously it's asking a lot, you know, I know people are busy, but to, to give advice as a mentor, I think um, if people haven't thought about it, I think they probably should if they've got, you know, something, everyone's got something good to say, um, well, I think. So I think if you're maybe for a bit older or if you're, you know, younger and successful, you know, you could be speaking to a 16, 17, 18 year old, you know, anyone who's sort of 23 or above will have something good to say, um, to someone that age but then also um on the flip side ask for advice i think all the players should be asking for advice um as we've said previously it doesn't have to be the full shebang where you're going through the whole system redoing your cv doing the workshop it doesn't have to be that but you know you might spark a conversation with someone who you've never met and changes changes your outlook changes your career path changes your life in a sense um, so yeah, please everyone get involved. But what a great ethos for our play- all our senior players. Mm-hmm. They're able to have a mentor. Each if they all had a mentor, a different one that just helps them off the pitch. That that just you know builds them up for success. I, I think that's absolutely mm-hmm. amazing if we're able to achieve that. So I think that just throwing it the last couple of questions to Hayden and to Pete really. So how do you see this evolving, right? And then you know um, how do you want our listeners to engage with you and what what would you like them to offer to the hub i'll start with you hayden okay i, I think i think in a nutshell I, I, like everything we do at the club i want us i want the hub to be as best as it could possibly be mm-hmm. whatever that means now at the moment if you look at what we've done recently we've got three founding business partners 
in Reese Howells' company, Teach, um, Chesterton's uh, with Dan Kalik and Kai's company, Impact Futures. That adds a lot of capability to what we're doing. And I see those companies growing and growing and growing. Again, if I go back to what I said earlier, we need to address such a broad spectrum of needs. We need this ecosystem of organizations who can add value, both as individuals within those organizations and organizations themselves. And so certainly with Reese, we've already touched on potentially doing roadshows going around all the universities in Wales uh, with eTeach. So where Reese will be promoting his company and we will also be promoting the hub and the London Welsh community. That's, that's a really exciting initiative. Again, something that would be completely unique uh, to, to London Welsh. So in terms of growing, I think for me, I want to reach out to, to more people within, within the London Welsh community. If anyone's interested at all, if they feel they can contribute as a mentor, then please contact us. If, if any player has got any needs, any career needs they're not sure about, then contact us and we'll do our utmost to help them and to help them develop and grow and, and really allay any concerns or fears that they have. In terms of the, in terms of the, the youth side of things, I've already tentatively done a presentation about inspiring the youth to, to actually achieve the impossible. And how do you go about doing that? This content that I, that I use with my, with my client workshops that I do. So we've got that there as well. And I think it's inspiring people at that age that there's so much out there that you can achieve given the opportunity. And let's have the confidence, let's invest the confidence that you can excel. If you really got that aspiration, let's realize, let's help you realize it. So that, um, that, that in a nutshell is how I see that. That's, the, uh, that's fantastic. That really is fantastic. And inspiring the next generation to, to be stay with a club is, is what we want and to, and to, yes, to exactly. develop. You know, we know rugby makes up better people, doesn't they? The social skills that they bring, they're educationally yeah. better because they're active, all this sort of thing. You know, we, we all understand that. So, Pete, you know, just to summarise, you know, what what would you like? To, how dare to see the, the hub evolve? I mean, I mean, first off, I'd have to say, I mean, I'm just so proud of what we've done into an, in a sh what is a short period of time. I mean, if you take a blank piece of paper, which this conversation started on, and where we are now. We are significantly further along the line. Yet, as you said, it's still embryonic because it's still the awareness of what we're doing. We think we're reaching out to lots of people and we're probably not reaching out as far as we could across the community. Uh, I certainly think the initiatives which are taken using the use of social media to get expressed the footprint much broader than it currently is both amongst players and more importantly, non-playing members who feel that they have got something to add. I think talking to the parents, opportunities to talk to the parents of minis and youth, for example, because they're part of this, this, this audience, part of this community. Uh, and, you know, I would love to see once we're allowed to sort of have these sorts of meetings where we, we, we can use that as a sort of coffee morning on a training day that those who don't want to necessarily watch their kids run around, we can actually do something in parallel in the pagoda room to the parents and talk about what we're doing and have Emily and, and Reese and other players who've been mentored and had, you know, had experience in the hub sitting there talking about what we've done and why we're doing. I think that's fundamentally important. The initiative which uh, uh, Hayden's alluded to, which I'm not going to repeat, which is the business partners side of things, looks at two aspects of how we're trying to develop it. One, which is increasing the footprint across universities, but the other is also through um, Kai's company, which is about training. And it's about private providing training and apprenticeships and whatever to companies. So that is something which we're actually offering, not the players, 
but potentially giving to people who run companies within the membership and community of London Welsh. So, it, you know, it's about connecting. It's like a sort of a mini LinkedIn, if you like, but it's providing that sort of training and apprenticeship opportunity through Kai's company, which gives, again, a different perspective of who we're talking to and involving other companies within the community that is at Baldia Park. So I think, you know, we've got a lot of work to do and um, we've got a lot of stuff to do. And with the help of the likes of Emily and, and Reese, along with the people who we've already mentored, that 50 odd that we've talked to, who are more than willing and are increasingly getting involved in giving something back because we've helped them over the last two years. It's a fantastic feeling. I mean, and to reiterate what Hayden said, within the 18 years I've been involved at London Welsh, this is singularly the most fulfilling, rewarding, exciting thing I've ever done. And it really sort of does underpin the essence of what the club's about, about the community, heritage, authenticity of what it's about, and that feeling of family. Uh, and yeah, families are there to help people. It's as simple as that. And I love that. And I think, you know, we are at the start of the journey with this, right? And I loved Emily's suggestion you know, on match days. Right, there's a 700 people or a thousand people sometimes on match days watching our games and there's lots of people there who can who can help the careers hub and likewise on Sunday mornings you know, this is how we can take it to the next level is our family is massive right but I imagine only 10% of them have heard of the hub and more of them will hear about how what we're doing and where we want to go after this conversation I think so it's, it's great to think we've been in a good place already but can only get better with, with more involvement, more volunteers and more mentoring. I just want to say on behalf of London Welsh, thank you. It's, a, it's, a, it's such a brilliant thing that we're doing. It stands us um, apart from everyone else as a club. It's really is fantastic. So just, just to wrap up now, I can just say thank you to you all for doing what you do and so speaking so passionately about your involvement to the hub. And when, when this goes out on the wire next week, you'll be inundated with messages, hopefully, of support and, and offers of help and assistance. And then we'll have more and more players coming to the club and more and more people engaged with the club because they may be mentoring now or and helping other people. And when you help people, when you're giving people, you're more connected and more involved. And I just absolutely love it. So all of you, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. And thanks for facilitating. Thank you, Gareth. Yeah, Appreciate it.